0: Hello there, happy innovators. How are you doing this time around? Huh? How are you doing? You know, here we are at the 50th episode of the Singularity podcast. I can't believe it. I'm finally here. 50 episodes. Number five. and I got to say, I'm particularly proud that I've made it this far. And it seems to me that with each different episode I've released little by little I've gained a larger audience ever so slowly but it did happen and I'm grateful for that because you know there really are no guarantees with this kind of thing you know it's really easy to get it wrong and trust me I've had a lot of experience with getting it wrong but for one reason or another You know you've stuck with me you've stuck with me and slowly over the course of the past couple of years or so you know i've managed to grow this little podcast into something um you know is it on the level of you know other major podcasts no but you know what it doesn't really need to be in order to be enough for me um so Having said that, um, I want to share with you today, maybe a couple of few things, maybe. okay like um, I decided that probably for this episode, I should share with you a list of people or let's just say names um, that have been what I would call a hero to me okay my heroes the people that inspire me okay I'm gonna do a little tribute a little tip of the hat to a few select names actually it's kind of a long list I actually sat down and wrote it all down you know Um, and like I said it's a little bit longer than maybe I had hoped, but I guess that's a good thing, right? Because that means that I am inspired by a lot of different people. So maybe what I should do is start with, I mean, just out of the sake of tradition, right? Maybe what I should do is start with the definition of hero. Okay. So why don't you grab a sip of your coffee? I'll grab a sip of mine really quick. And I'll grab my handy-dandy uh, heavy book. Uh, my new Oxford American Dictionary. An excellent source of information. Trusted, at least by me. Um, okay, so here we go. Um, hero. H-E-R-O. Hero. A person, typically a man, who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements or noble qualities. Okay. There's a couple other definitions here, but they don't really apply to the point that I'm trying to make today. So we're going to omit those from this podcast, but I think what I'm also going to look up is the word inspiration, because that's really what we're talking about today. Not so much someone being a hero, per se, but being an inspiration to me. And there's quite a few, like I said. So let's look up inspiration. Okay, so here it is. The definition for inspiration. I-N-S-P-I-R-A-T-I-O-N. Inspiration. The process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. Perfect, isn't it? It's exactly what we should be talking about here today. Inspiration. Um. Okay. So I guess I can start this conversation today by saying that I do, you know, many different kind of creative things. And probably for each one of those creative endeavors I take on, there are probably, you know, a short list of different people that, would inspire whatever it is I'm working on. Like for instance, if I'm recording a guitar track, okay, there may be, you know, a few people, a few guitar players that I would cite as an inspiration to me, you know? Kind of like the people you keep in your mind, you know, uh, while you're doing something, or like maybe when you see these people doing what they do, it inspires you to go do what you do. And, um, so I would kind of have to break it up into like categories, right? Uh, so I'll be talking about, let's say for instance, I'm going to talk about first, let's see. Well, there's a lot of musical influences and they're all very different and they all inspire me, you know, in different ways. So, i should probably start there you know and if i had to start with one particular inspiration let's see um well when it comes to music okay just music in general not a particular instrument just music that inspires me okay there are two artists that i would have to talk about one would be you two because they are probably my biggest influence and then the second I would have to say is Enigma, Michael Cretu from Enigma and um, Enya the singer, songwriter, performer Um, so we'll start with U2. Why is U2 an inspiration to me? I'll tell you what. This is why. Because Back in the day when U2 first came out, and this is something that a lot of people probably have either forgotten or they're completely just unaware of, okay? But at the time when U2 first came out with like the Boy album or October, okay? And maybe even like War, the War album, um, they were better than everyone else, period. Their music was different. It was fresh. It sounded better than everyone else. It had more heart and soul. Bono was singing about spiritual things and like, you know, the spiritual struggle. And um, that related to me quite a bit. Um, And I'm sure you can probably imagine why, but I'll get into that more later in later episodes, you know, the spiritual thing. But you two represented to me, at least, for the first time, you know, to a young man, a young musician who believed in God and loved God and believed in Jesus and wanted to do the right thing, at least was trying to do the right thing or trying to be a good person, right? Um, They represented to me how it should be done and how if it's done right, it's better than everything else. And that was really how I felt about that band, probably all the way up to maybe like Ak Baby. Like they just dialed it in so well that it was not like surprising to me that they became like the next Rolling Stones, like the next big, huge band in America or really all over the world. But I lived in America, so we'll say America. Um, you know, these guys were reaching all the way into the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio, like right into my brain. And, you know, they had me concerned about, you know, Belfast and, (laughs) you know, the the goings on in Ireland, you know, like, like I cared, you know, (laughs) which is kind of funny and amazing to think about, isn't it? Like, I really cared, you know. Like, I felt Sunday Bloody Sunday, you know? I really felt the passion and the power, you know? But, um, and, the, you know, really with U2, there are so many songs they did that really just blew me away. You know, they were one of those bands, like I've mentioned before, but I'll mention it again, because it's worth mentioning again. They were one of those bands where, when they released a new song, like each time, It was better than the last like they got better and better and better like i remember hearing um gloria for the first time and just being astounded at how awesome the music sounded but also how powerful it was like what he was saying and what he was singing about but then you know Fast forward a little bit and you get to, you know, like I said, Sunday, Bloody Sunday or I threw a brick through a window. Like what a great song, like what he's singing about or surrender, like what he's actually singing about, you know, on top of this completely revolutionary, unbelievable sound that that band had. I mean, it was just amazing. And then you go to like, you know, where the streets have no name. I mean, come on. It's like if you ask me, OK, if you ask my opinion, which, you know, nobody is, but I'll give it to you anyway, um, if you ask my opinion, Where the Streets Have No Name is the perfect song. I mean, there just isn't a song that's better, in my opinion. Uh, it's got everything. It's got you know great drumming, creative drumming, um, probably the beginnings of techno music. If you listen to it closely and you think about when it came out um uh excellent guitars i mean oh my gosh it was like the the edge had said it himself like when he wrote the riff for where the streets have no name he like jumped up and down and like was punching into the air like he finally finally came up with this amazing amazing riff that would probably the greatest one he ever wrote and it would probably define him forever as one of the greats you know Um, you may disagree with me but man I'll tell you what I don't care because a lot of people have disagreed with me over the years about this and it goes in one ear and out the other okay so there you go you two number one on the list no question and as far as drumming is concerned there is no drummer in rock and roll history that influenced me more than Larry Mullen Jr. Okay, and I have argued with other drummers and other musicians for, well, let's see, about 35 years now. Okay, and I'll tell you what. You will not find, in my opinion, a drummer in rock and roll history that was more creative and inventive than Larry Mullen Jr. Now, admittingly, I would say a little more in the beginning of his career rather than the later. I mean, a lot of the time now, when he's laying down beats, it's really kind of some rehashed version of what he's already done. But he's the one who did it originally, so he can go ahead and repeat it all he wants, because he really is, in my opinion, one of the most unsung songwriter drummers. You know, he wasn't fancy, he wasn't flashy, but he had really good ideas and he had really good taste and his drums not only serve the song but at the same time they're really colorful and really inventive and unusual okay and if you don't believe me if you disagree with me go back and listen to the song The Unforgettable Fire by U2 okay put your headphones on Press play and just listen to what he's doing on the drums. It's very unusual, but there could be nothing else that would fit as well behind that music. I mean it's just amazing to me. I, I listen to that song. I listen to U2 The Unforgettable Fire probably once a month, every month, just to get a reminder of what's possible. Okay, like, if you ask me, okay, it's uh, really—it was a turning point. It was a game changer for me as a drummer, and it continues to be because, as far as I'm concerned, nobody has written a drum part for a song (laughs) that would match that, in my opinion. Although Where the Streets Have No Name is very close, but The Unforgettable Fire is probably the best example. Okay, so there you go, U2, boom, done. You know, and just as a side note, okay, just as a side note, I'm gonna say this, because you hear this a lot, at least I do, okay? That Adam Clayton, the bass player from U2, kinda gets dragged through the mud a little bit, okay? Especially in the earlier part of their career, He was kind of regarded as kind of like a really low intellect bass player like a low intellect songwriter like just banging on one string you know that that kind of thing but okay i play bass a little bit (laughs) okay i don't quite understand that um i listened to his bass lines in their songs and they're amazing (laughs) they're like they're so well done uh and they're not always you know subtle like a lot of the time especially in the earlier part of their career you know his basslines were kind of featured in songs i mean think about new year's day you know think about that i mean that bass line that <speaking in the background> right i mean that is like it's iconic now Well, let me tell you, I remember when that song was new. (laughs) It was like the first time I ever heard New Year's Day by you 2 Can you imagine? I remember the day. Do you? I remember the first time I heard it and it was like, what is this man? This is awesome. And then of course you had the guitar solo right in New Year's Day. Oh my gosh. To this day. Okay. To this day. There are two guitar solos that i can recall in my mind that really stood out more than any others okay to this day and one of them is the guitar solo from new year's day by u2 i mean he actually the edge actually makes the guitar scream and sing you know he's not doing um, you know noodling on the fretboard he's playing emotions out of this out of these notes like he's like squeezing them out of this guitar um go back and listen to it you'll see what i mean it was really simple what he did but oh has a guitar ever screamed like that before and just had emotion in it and it was just a you know what four bars or eight bars of music but it was like ugh. Beautiful, so well done, so well executed. And just for the sake of maybe your curiosity, the second guitar solo that I would mention is, believe it or not, the guitar solo from Rock You Like a Hurricane by The Scorpions. Okay, (laughs) that may sound funny to you, but go back and listen to the guitar solo from that song now if you're a person who has ever picked up a guitar okay and you've attempted to play music on a guitar you listen to that guitar solo okay I think it goes it goes for a while okay maybe 8 bars or 16 bars but it's like each set of four in this guitar solo you know 16 bars So you split that up into four, you get four, right? I can do my math. Each four, the guitar solo goes into a different zone. So he goes against the rhythm. He goes with the rhythm. He goes slow and melodic, fast and, you know, lightning speed, gunslinger fast, you know, um, just complete and total control and command. Of time, melody, and the instrument. And that may sound like I'm hyping it up. Do yourself a favor. Just go back and listen to the guitar solo, not the whole song, although the whole song's not bad. Go back and listen to that guitar solo from Rock You Like a Hurricane and really listen to what Matthias Jabs is playing. Okay? Uh, incidentally, it's probably worth noting, the edge and Matthias Jabs from Scorpions both played a Gibson Explorer, so make of that whatever you will. If you ask me, in my opinion, Gibson is where it's at. Okay, so next, let's see, who, who else do I consider to be a musical inspiration? Well, at this point, it's probably really obvious to most people that, you know, Robert Smith. And the cure, right? I mean, come on. It's like <laughs> I haven't done a very good job of, you know, concealing that. <laughs> Although I haven't really tried to either. But um, you know, I did a whole episode, you know, on disintegration and you know, plain song. I did a cover version of plain song. I mean, when that album came out, when disintegration came out. It just changed everything for me. I could see the future of of what music would sound like. You know, it was really that different to me and really that much more larger. You know, the bandwidth was wider, you know. Um, That's kind of how I imagined it anyway. Um, The formative years of my life before I played music before I really had any kind of grasp of any instrument or anything like that, um, I would have to say that ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, Jeff Lynne, definitely a hero of mine, definitely an inspiration. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, recently I saw a concert with Electric Light Orchestra at Wembley arena. Okay. I think they sold out three nights in a row or some crazy number like that. Okay. Just a huge amount of people that this music has touched. Okay. And during this concert, okay, not only are the performances impeccable and perfect. Okay. They're actually better than the record. Okay. Um, and more notably to me, okay? And this is why Jeff Lynn is an inspiration to me. When you watch that concert, okay, they show the band performing the song and then they'll cut to the audience and them reacting to the music. And the audience reaction is more important to me than watching Jeff Lynn and Electric Light Orchestra performing the songs. Because what you see when you watch that concert are people whose lives are so touched by the music and they're so happy to be hearing it. They're sobbing, they're hugging each other, they're slow dancing, they're, I mean, feeling the songs and and reliving the memories and all of those things it's kind of like that movie Field of Dreams like you know the people that can go back in time and just watch a baseball game on the sideline right the memories and the smells and to feel it again and oh my gosh when you watch this electric light orchestra concert wow you just see it you just see it so much so that i'm not even afraid to say this i'm not afraid to admit it Okay. I cry a little when I see people being that happy and I wish and I pray that someday my music will make people feel that way. (laughs) So true. You could ask my wife, she'd tell you, you know, Um, I kid you not, it actually kind of brings me to tears watching people have that much fun. Electric Light Orchestra, Jeff Lynn. one of my biggest heroes and one of my biggest inspirations. When I hear their music, okay, I think to myself a couple of things. One, I had a great childhood, okay? The 70s and the 80s were actually pretty damn good for a kid to grow up, right? But I also think about how... Beatle-esque Electric Light Orchestra is, and how they are kind of like a continuation of what the Beatles might have sounded like if they continued. And just for your information, Jeff Lynne from ELO was actually endorsed by John Lennon as being the continuation of where the Beatles had left off. That's a fact. That's a fact. So, um, but I also think, okay, I also think how magnificent they sound. (laughs) The production. Oh my gosh, you know, come on, who would disagree? It's just top shelf, man. You can't get better production than that, if you ask me. And I guess if you ask John Lennon, too. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna get a sip of my coffee here. I suggest uh, you should either pour yourself a cup if you haven't already and go ahead and take a sip of yours. Kind of like a little intermission. Hang on. Oh my goodness. The best, the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. Okay, so where were we? Jeff Lynn, right, ELO? I guess that kind of rolls into this next artist that I consider to be inspirational to me. And that artist is Tom Petty. Now I like Tom Petty's music. Okay. I do. He has so many great songs. They're really good, but that's not really what inspires me about Tom Petty. What inspired me about Tom Petty was his attitude. Okay. I think that he embodied the perfect attitude when it comes to being a musician, a recording artist, you know, he just had it together more than anyone else. He had his head in the right place, his heart in the right place. Obviously he was talented and you know what, when you go back and you listen to the interviews of people talking about Tom Petty, one thing is for sure. Okay. He treated everyone with respect and dignity, All the way from the sound guys, the guitar player to the bus drivers. Everybody got treated with dignity and respect. Bam. Instant inspiration to me. And that is what it's all about. Amen. Tom Petty, right? Okay. Onward we go. This list of inspirational people to me, Mike Bostwick. The guy from PC3, Pipe Choir, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? This is what inspires me. I'll tell you what. Lately, okay, lately, I've been listening a lot to the Cocteau Twins. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I rediscovered this band. Oh, maybe a couple years ago now. I mean I grew up listening to them don't get me wrong I had a lot of friends who really really liked them and I'll be honest with you back in the day they were okay Um, they were artsy they were weird Mm, I could take them or leave them you know but man about a couple years ago somehow I don't know I stumbled across A Cocteau Twins song. Which one was it? Probably Heaven or Las Vegas. You know, like one of their hits or something on YouTube. And, you know, it just came into my space. You know, it started to play. You know how YouTube does that with that autoplay? You know, you just let it roll? I like to do that sometimes. Because you never know what you're going to get. And, uh, you know, on comes... I am pretty sure now. Yeah, it was probably Heaven or Las Vegas and. You know, I just thought to myself, well, one, this is one of the most unusual songs (laughs) I've ever heard. I mean, it's just so unusual. Her voice, you know, the approach, the lyrics, the, the music, the beat, everything is so unique. And also, too, though, there was this sense of, and there still is, by the way, this sense of joy And refreshing happiness that comes over me uh, when I hear anything, I mean, anything now by the Cocteau Twins. I mean, I'm going back into their catalog and it's just song after song after song after song of this great, amazing, beautiful sound. Um, You know, which reminds me of, okay, brings me back to that idea of Enya, you know, and Enigma too, but probably more Enya um, in the melodic regard, you know, Enya is one of the most amazing recording artists ever. And I'm going to tell you why I think so. There are a lot of people who will roll their eyes at me about this, you know, but I don't care. I don't care. I know. I know what Enya is. I know what she's doing. And let me tell you something, folks. It's nothing short of miraculous and amazing what this woman is doing okay she is technically by herself okay she does have a studio engineer that works with her and does do some co-songwriting and those kinds of things okay but for the most part enya is alone making this music and i don't know Maybe like if you look at her level of success and the quality and the level of her songwriting and recording, it's probably unsurpassed. Okay, Um, her technique of layering her vocals, much like Cocteau Twins, I guess. But, whoa, on a much higher level. And, you know, uh, this is a woman who, what, has maybe the best business model ever in the history of professional recording and selling music i mean she (laughs) is the definition of success on every level but we won't even get into that really we're just going to talk about her music and what she does and how she's so consistent okay when you hear a new Enya song you know it's her right away it kind of sounds like everything else she's done And she doesn't care. She's not trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel with every album. She might get different colors, go for a different feeling or vibe or whatever. Right. But Enya is doing her own thing. Okay. And she's doing it better than anyone else is. And let me tell you, there are armies of musicians, singers that are trying to follow her path and they can't do it. They just can't. They get close. Some of them get real close, not close enough, not close enough. Uh, I imagine this career for Enya never really ending until she dies. There will never be a slump. Uh, She releases an album and the same people like myself, we have bought every single album she puts out on the day she releases it. Okay, we wait for the release of a new one, and there you go. <laughs> it's like you get what you pay for every time. And yeah, it's not like every album is this you know a separate odyssey of you know musical exploration, but you know what? They're all good and they're all her, and you can hear it. You know, she does this thing with her voice, man. She layers her vocals, right? And just in these humongous, lush pads of her voice, like singing these notes and just layer after layer. I can't imagine. Okay. I cannot imagine how tedious that process must be. I just can't. I can't imagine how many tracks she must use on one song, it's got to just be unprecedented. It's got to be like, just you probably wouldn't even believe what you're hearing or seeing if you're in the studio with her. This incredibly difficult and tedious process for every single track on her records. You know, just I can't imagine It's And no wonder it takes her five years or something to make an album. You know, but each time when she releases a new album, you know, it's not like her audience disappeared. They're waiting with bated breath, you know, for the next Enya album. Okay, so I've talked about Enya, right? And I can't talk about Enya and, you know, how much she inspires me without talking about Enigma and Michael Cretu and what he's doing. Now, The commonality that Anya and Michael Cretu share, although their music is very different, okay, and I like them for different reasons, really. Both of them are a single person who makes the music. Okay, it's not a band. It's not a group of musicians. It's one person, one mind, one thought. You know, one breath from you know each one of these people. Enya and Michael Cretu, they share that endeavor of doing something by yourself. And of course, as you know, by now, you know, I'm kind of doing the same thing. Okay. So, uh, I listen to what they do it, you know, filters through my brain. I understand what they're doing and the complexity of what they're doing. And of course, you know, they're very different. So I take different pieces of inspiration from each one of them. But in the end, it's one person doing it all. And I really find that inspiring. Like when I hear Enya, okay, I wait for her album to come out, I buy it. Same thing with Enigma. I wait for the release date when it's released, I buy it immediately. And, you know, I gotta say honestly, honestly, okay. Lately, Enigma, it's kind of been a little bit sketchy with what he's been releasing over the past couple albums, but still him, still doing it the way he does it. And it still inspires me. And the same goes for Enya, who, by the way, is probably due for a new album pretty soon. Um, so, you know what? I guess what I'm going to have to do with this podcast is I'm going to have to split it up because, man, I haven't even gotten through half of the list yet. Um, I hope it's not boring for you. I hope that you're actually you know, getting something from this, but maybe not. I don't know. You never know with this kind of stuff. You just kind of put it out there and see how hard it bounces off the wall, you know? So anyway, uh, I'll stop here for now. I'm going to continue with the next podcast of my list of inspirational uh heroes okay Um, so for now this is mike bostwick from pipe choir records signing off and remember folks if you want to keep what you've got you've got to give it away take it easy